Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. I'm Charles in New Jersey, and I'm back with a follow-up episode to my recreational math introduction called The End Days of Christmas. You can find those episodes at, they were episodes number 1143 and 1189, and be sure to get the revised, edited version of the second one. In any case, I made an allusion in my very first episode to something called the Doomsday Algorithm. That algorithm is how I attack the problem of figuring out the day of the week for any given date on the Gregorian calendar. I can use this algorithm and find what day of the week some day in history is, or even a date that's in a few months or some years down the road. I did not create this algorithm. I live in New Jersey, not far from Princeton University, which is where John Conway is a professor. John Conway is a man who's done some very cool math stuff, and you should especially check out his work on cellular automata and the game of life. And I'll leave it at that, because those are episodes in themselves, just talking about them and creating some Python programs that demonstrate how those things work. But that's another episode for another day. The Doomsday algorithm helps you solve the problem of these pesky days of the week that seem to move around each year. Well, they don't move randomly, exactly. A non-leap year has 365 days. If I want to find out what day of the week this day next year is going to be, and this is not a leap year when I'm recording this, I just add 365 days where today is the cocktail party and the date that I want to find is 365 days down the road. Well, if I want a date that's seven days down the road, I can count and find out that if today is Tuesday, a date that's seven days later will also be Tuesday and I invite you to count on your fingers to verify that, if you like. But I think if you just look at a paper calendar that's hanging on a wall, or a calendar that's in a month view on a computer screen, you'll see that the Tuesdays in the month are seven days apart. If the second of the month falls on a Tuesday, then the second, and the ninth, and the sixteenth, and the twenty-third, and the thirtieth will all be on a Tuesday. So for every time I have a seven-day stretch, if I subtract that from my number of days that I'm counting out there, it really doesn't matter because I've just eliminated one time around the the cycle of one week. So 365 days gives me the same offset from today's day of the week that 15 days does because I've just subtracted 50 weeks right off the top. I've just gone around the week cycle 50 times without changing the date by eliminating that 350 days. Well, 15 days is just a fortnight and an extra day. Or for Americans, it's just two weeks and an extra day. So the day of the week for a date that's 365 days in the future 
shifts the date forward by one day. Probably you've already noticed that your birthday moves about one day forward in the week each year that passes, except for leap years, where you have an extra day, and if your birthday is in January or February, it jumps two days on the year after a leap year. If you're in the latter 10 months of the year, your birthday moves forward two days in the leap year itself. It's that leap day on February 29th that actually pushes everything forward that extra day. It should be straightforward. Okay. Well, what that does is it creates a lot of jogging around of the day. So you can't just say, well, in seven years, my birthday will fall on a Wednesday again. You can't be sure because it depends on how many leap years are in between. If next year was a leap year, then you'd only have to wait five years for your birthday to go around the, the cycle of one week and land on the same day. If your next leap year is two years out, you would have to wait an extra long time because what would happen is the first year would advance it one day, then the leap year takes it forward two more days, that's three in two years. Then the third, fourth, and fifth years move it out to the fourth, fifth, and sixth day, respectively. Now that sixth year is a leap year. So now when that leap year comes, you jump over your birth date. Instead of having it fall on Wednesday again, it's now Thursday because you've skipped over it. And then, let's see, just another five years before it actually gets back to where it was. So you're now talking about 11 years before your birth date comes back on the actual day of the week. Now, it's gone by it once, but it has actually taken 11 years to rotate around to exactly falling on that date. So it can be a little tricky to figure out when a certain date on the calendar is going to rotate back around to be on a given day of the week. So that's why it's nice to be able to solve the other problem, which is given a date in history or a date in the future, how can I tell what day of the week that will be or what day of the week it was? So let's take a date that's significant to a lot of baby boomers. I used to hear people asking, where were you when JFK was assassinated? What were you doing when you heard? Well, that date was 22 November 1963. What day of the week was that? Well, the doomsday algorithm gives me a couple of touchstones. It gives me a collection of days of the year that are both memorable and that all fall on the same day of the week. So if I can identify when any one of them falls on a certain day of the week, then all of those dates in the calendar will fall on that same day. Likewise, I get a day of the week that's kind of an anchor for these sets of fixed reference dates that we call doomsday. Uh, as of the first year of that, actually of the last year of the prior century. So in particular, if I have the year 2000 itself, this doomsday set of dates falls on a Tuesday. In 1900, it was Wednesday. In 1800, it was Friday. 1700, it was Sunday. 1600, it was Tuesday again. And I'll explain how I got to that a little bit later. So we're looking for 22 November 1963. Well, since I'm in 1900, my anchor day of the week is Wednesday. And because I'm in 1963, I'll do this in the brute force method. That's 63 years into the century, which is 9 times 7. So I can say, okay, that's put me back in the place where I started. And then I've got to count the 15 leap years that fell in 1904, 1908, up to 1960. And 60 divided by 4 is 
15. So I've got 63 days that the year, years have passed, and each one contributed one, a one day shift, and then 15 days in there, 15 years in there, each contributed an extra one day shift. So I need to add the two. Well, 63 basically is the same as zero, and 15 is essentially the same as one, because it's a fortnight plus one day. So 1963 is basically only one day ahead of 1900 in terms of the the day of the week where every every one of those dates falls. Okay, one of the anchor dates for November is November 7, so that was a Thursday. Because I'm one day ahead of 1900, and 1900 doomsdays are on Wednesday, then my doomsday for 1963 is Thursday, and... November 7 is one of those, which means that November 21 is also one of those. Since November 21 was a Thursday, 22 November 1963 was a Friday, which is actually the same day of the week that it is this year, 50 years later. And before you start making that into a theorem, it doesn't work for 22 November 1964. Because that date is late in the year, 22 November 1964 jumped from Friday to Sunday, whereas 22 November 2014 is only going to advance by one day because this is not a leap year and neither is next year. So next year, November 22nd will be on a Saturday. So that 50-year rule is not going to work in this case. Okay, wow. How did you do that? Well, I think before we get too far into this, we should probably take a little trip into a subset of calendar math that I'm going to call week math, or math that you do on the weekly cycle. I'll start very small and with a fixed date. Uh, I'm going to choose Tuesday, June 6th, year 2000. Now, if I want to go three days ahead of that, that would be June 9th. The 6 plus 3 is 9. That's the easy part. And now I'm going to get some practice counting out the days. June 6th is a Tuesday, so three days after that would be 1 is Wednesday, 2 is Thursday, 3 is Friday. So June 9th, year 2000, was a Friday. Just to keep myself in practice, what was three days before that? Well, that would be June 3rd, and once again, you can use your fingers. June 6th was Tuesday, the 5th was Monday, the 4th was Sunday, the 3rd would be Saturday. Okay, now suppose I go four days ahead of June 6, 2000. Well, since June 9th was on Friday, we just did that, four days afterward would be the 10th, and that would be the next day, so that would be Saturday. If you'll notice, I've computed Saturday, June 10th is four days after. Saturday, June 3rd is three days before. So if I'm trying to figure out the spread between those days, I can add those numbers because I'm at the cocktail party for both of those counts. And four plus three is seven, and they should be on the same date. We may use that later. So it doesn't really matter if you're counting backwards or forward. If you've gone a multiple of 7 in all, then you've done a full cycle around the week, and you're not going to affect the day of the week relative to your starting point. That's going to be important. So now let's suppose I want to go 29 days forward from June 6th, year 2000, which is a Tuesday. Well, what day of the week should that be? Well, since 28 plus 1 is 29, and 28 is a multiple of 7, all I've done is spin my wheel four times, and I'm back on the same day of the week. So I'm really, if I'm adding 29, in terms of days of the week, I'm just adding 1. I'm adding a remainder or an offset of 1. 
if you think of it that way, you can whittle down problems to a much easier set of things to solve. So what day of the week is 6 June plus 29 days? Well, 6 June was a Tuesday, so that date must be a Wednesday. Now to check it, 6 June 2000 plus 29 would be effectively June 35. Remember, we learned how to do this last time. And because June has 30 days, that would be 5 July. And since 11 July is one of my doomsday reference dates, which I will list for you soon, then 4th of July is also, and the 4th of July is Tuesday, as is June 6th. So July 5th is again on Wednesday. So everything's working. Okay, now we can start deriving the, the doomsday rule and using it. Now there are some basic insights we can have here, and we'll start with doomsday itself. I think you should think of that as the last day of February, because that's that's the date that's really moving things around in the calendar when you have a leap year. So we might as well just focus on it, because that's the one that's going to be our pivot, whether it's the 28th of February or whether it's the 29th of February on a leap year. So we might as well use that as a starting point. Well, since we're using the last day of February as our anchor point, then you could either say that March 0 is, which is the same thing, is also a doomsday, or it's probably more convenient to say March 7. And you'll see why in a second, because that's just one, it's one week later, it's an actual day of the month, rather than some kind of artificial construct. And it turns out to be easier because it's consistent with a rule that's going to emerge in just a few moments. Now, the months of the year, once you hit the month of April, the months of the year can be arranged in pairs in which one month is 30 days and one month is 31 days. Now, sometimes those are in different order so that you get two months in a row of 31 days, but they're bracketed by months that are 30 days long. So, let's find an anchor date for April. Well, since March 7 is is the same day of the week as the last day of February, then March 35th would also be, because it's 28 days later, or four weeks, and that translates to April 4. Hmm, April 4. 4-4 four, four is pretty easy to remember. Well, because 4-4 four, four is an anchor date, that's going to turn out to be really convenient, because since April has 30 days, and May has 31 days, that's 61 days, and that's just two days short of nine weeks. So to go from 4-4 to 4-June, gotcha, you thought I was going to do it in one or the other of the of the number-only formats. To go from 4-4 to 4-June is 61 days. So what if I went from 4-4 to 6-6? That's nine weeks. That's the same day of the week. And watch me now. June is also 30 days, and July is 31. So if I go from 6-6 to 8-8, same day of the week, it's 63 days, same day of the week. So 4-4, 6-6, But wait, there's more. August has 31 days, and September has 30. So from 8-8 to 10-10, nine weeks, same day of the week. Oh, but October has 31 days. November has 30, 10, 10 to 12, 12, 63 days, 9 weeks, same day of the week. So what I have so far, I have the last day of February, 
and I have 4466881010 and 12.12, all the even numbers after that first couple of months, all on the same the same date, 4466881010, couldn't be easier. Now the odd months are not are not that easy. And what happens is in the the early part of the year, you take the number of the month and you add four. So March 7, as we've already seen, I'm going to claim that May 9th, 711 are also or May 9th and July 11. Sorry, I, I got that backwards for you. Are also doomsdays. And fortunately, I said 59 and 711 American style. Well, if you look at 5-9 and 11-7 European or international style dates, those are also doomsdays. So 9 May, 5 September, both doomsdays. There's a, a sentence that people use as a mnemonic for this, that I work my 9 to 5 job at 7-11, which may work in the States because there's a chain of convenience stores called 7-11. So we could remember that Okay, I'm working a 9-to-5 shift at a store called 7-Eleven. But however you remember it, in the first half of the year, it's the odd month, you add 4. So March 7, May 9, July 11. And then you just reverse those for the second part of the year, which would be 5 September and 7 November. Now, January and February are affected by the leap year. On a non-leap year... The last day of February, which is the definition of doomsday, is the 28th, which means that January 31st, which is 28 days before that, if the cocktail party is on the 31st, then the 28th day on is the last day of February. So, on a non-leap year, January 31st is a doomsday, which means it might be easier to think of 10 January as the doomsday for January. And on a leap year... Instead of saying February 1st and then having to back into it, you could say that 11 January is the the doomsday reference point for January. And February 29th, of course, would be, would be the reference point for February. However you remember it is, is fine. Just, you know, you can compute your favorite thing to remember. There are a lot of possibilities. I don't want to limit you by forcing them upon you. Now, it's nice to have these reference dates that I can use for any year that I'm in, especially since they never move for the dates that are after February 29, Doomsday, or 28, if it's not there. And there's just a rule that I have to remember that it moves a little bit in January for years that are leap year. Instead of being 10 January, it's 11 January. So you just need a, a friend whose birthday is 11 January or get married on that date, and then you can either always remember it, or I guess never remember it, depending on what kind of person you are. If you're male, you probably will forget it. The next maneuver that I did that seemed a little bit iffy was this anchor date for the century thing. And it turns out that you can figure out the way the dates move over large numbers of years quite easily, because there's this extra rule that you get with leap years in that, yes, every fourth year is a leap year, unless it's a multiple of 100, then it's not a leap year. Well, unless it's a multiple of 400, then it is a leap year. What that little exception does is it knocks you into a 400-year cycle where every year that is a multiple of 400, like 
say 1600, 2000, 2400, 2800. Those are all years in which all of the dates are aligned from 1 January to 31 December. So you've got these 400 year cycles. Now, how am I supposed to believe that I have 400 year cycles? Well, let's count. Okay. Let's say I'll start at 1600 as my base year and I want to see what happens to doomsday in 1700. Well I've got a hundred years between 1600 and 1700. 1600 is the equivalent of the cocktail party so the hundred years are 1601, 1602, 1603 and so on up to 1700. Each year is pushing the dates ahead by one and then there are 25 of those years that are multiples of four one of which is not a leap year, so that's 24. So you only get 24 extra days out of that. So I could say it's that's a total of 100 plus 24, or 124, and what's that in terms of weeks? Well, here's a little trick. The 100 is already a reduction of the 365 times 100 plus 24. So we're really reducing 36,524 to a remainder after you divide by 7. But, as I said before, since each year pushes the date ahead by 1, I've already done this reduction of the 365 to 1, and I could just as well reduce the 100 to, well, that's 98 plus 2. And if I just eliminate the 98, because that's an even number of weeks, I end up with plus 2. Now, the 24 leap days that I've seen in that century is actually 21 leap days, so I've gone 3 whole weeks plus three extra days. So I've got two days from the plus one for every year, and basically a net of plus three for the leap days. Two and three is five. You can think of it as pushing me ahead five days, or actually falling short of going around the cycle completely by two days. I prefer the minus two because it's a little easier, but you can do what you like. So what happens is, in the year 1600 itself, Doomsday is on a Tuesday, because it always is. In 1700, I go forward a hundred years, and I'm two days short of going around the cycle even number of weeks. So that Tuesday becomes an anchor date of Sunday for that century. So everything I do within that hundred year period is going to be based off Sunday instead of Tuesday. I can do the same thing from 1700 to 1800. So the anchor date for 1800 and the 1800s would be Sunday minus two days or Friday. And the same thing applies from 1800 to 1900, where I've lost two days. So the anchor date for the 1900s would be Wednesday, two days before Friday. Okay, now from 1900 to 2000, I have the same situation as I had before, where I've lost two days for everything up to 2000, but 2000 is a leap year. So I've actually only lost one date in that century, so I'm back to Tuesday. So I think we've just established that in every 400-year period that starts with a multiple of 400 as the cocktail party year, then the days of the week cycle around completely over that 400-year period, so that that 400th year, the year 2000, the end date, which is the cocktail party for the next cycle, is the same set of days of the year as the beginning in 1600. 2400 would also have the D-days. This will all be on Tuesday, which would be be January 11, March 7, April 4, May 9, June 6, July 11, August 8, November 5, October 10, and December 12. Those dates will all be on Tuesday in the year 2400. 
I won't be around to see that. I'm not sure I want to be, because I'd be quite old by that point. Okay, now what happens within a century? Well, because I need an offset of plus one for every year that's transpired, I know I've got that as my base. So if I've got a year within the century, I know I have to add at least that many days. And then I have to add the number of leap years that have already occurred, including if the current year is a leap year. Because D-Day is the last day of February, I'm not missing anything by including the current year as a leap year, because my uh, my doomsday date adjusts to the last day of February, whatever that is. So good. So now let's do a couple of examples, because that'll that'll help us fix ideas. And I guess one example we could try that would be easy to, to remember would be D-Day, the date of the Normandy invasion, which would be 6 June 1944. What kind of day of the week was that? Well, I'm going to do the brute force version before I introduce the, the shortcut. And that is, I take the 1900 anchor, and that's Wednesday. And if you want to figure that out, it's 1600 is the, the greatest multiple of 400 that's less than the date. And I just subtract off two days from Tuesday for each hundred years. So Tuesday, Sunday, Friday, Wednesday. Okay. So Wednesday is the base anchor date for the 1900s. Now I'm 44 years into that century, and I have 11 leap years, including 1944 itself. So I can either say that that's plus 55 and... Notice that it's one less than 56 and say it's minus one. Or I could have said that 44 is 42 plus 2, and 11 is 7 plus 4, and so that 2 plus 4 is 6, which is also minus 1. So Doomsday would be on Tuesday for 1944, but as we've already seen, June 6 is one of the monthly anchor dates, so D-Day was Tuesday. For a second example... One of my relatives was born on January 20, 1898. Okay, now the 1800 anchor is Friday, so for that whole century, I'm anchoring on Friday. Now I've got a 98-year offset, and 98 happens to be a multiple of 7, so I can just neglect that entirely. And I had the maximum number of leap years, which is 24, and that is 21 plus 3, so... The doomsday would be Friday plus 3, which is Saturday plus 2, Sunday plus 1, or Monday. So that means the doomsday dates are all on Monday that year. So since 1898 is not a leap year, we have the 28th of February is Monday, which means the 31st of January is Monday, and two weeks before that, so I'm adding, is the 17th of January, and that's also a Monday. Since the 20th is three days later, the 20th of January, 1898, is Thursday. Now, just to show you that this is not pure trickery, I could do this by the extreme brute force method. And that is the anchor date for 1600. The, do the doomsday date in 1600 is Tuesday. 1898 is 298 years after 1600. Well, 280 of those years just take me around the week about 40 times, leaving the remainder 18 which is four more than 14, which is two weeks. So the 298 one-day shifts give me a net of plus four. 
Now, in that 298 years, there were 74 multiples of 4. That's 1604, blah, 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 1896. And there were 74 of those. But two of them were century-ending dates, which were not leap years. So we can't count them in the leap year offset count. So actually, my leap year offset is now 72, which is two more than 70. And I've got 4 and 2 is 6. So for that year, the doomsday is on not Tuesday, but Monday. That's using an almost 300-year offset, and I still get the same doomsday result. Wow. Factoring 98 and finding number of weeks in there and finding the leap years is dealing with numbers that are getting a little bit challenging for most people's ability to do mental arithmetic. So there must be a way to make this a little simpler, to use smaller numbers, and I think we can. And the way Conway proposed was to look at the sequence of 12-year cycles that you can fit into a century. And there's only eight of those, and a little bit over. So you're not really talking about a lot to keep track of. Why would he choose the number 12? Well, if you look at the first 12 years of a century, let's use the 1900s as, as an example, because that's fairly easy to look at. Now, 1900 is the cocktail party. So the first 12 years are actually 1901, 1902, up to 1912. Since each year pushes the day of the week for each date forward by plus one, I've got a plus 12 offset right there. And in those 12 years, I've got how many leap years? I have three. I can even name them. They're in 1904, 1908, 1912. And 1912 becomes the cocktail party for the next set of 12. So we get the same behavior. Because I have plus 12 from the years themselves and an additional three from the leap years, in that 12-year cycle, I have a total offset of plus 15, which gives me a plus 1 for the entire 12 years. And that's all the information I really need. I don't care how many times I went through the, the cycle. I don't care that it's actually 15 days. The plus 1 is enough information. So if I want to zero in on, let's say, D-Day in 1944, the same date we did before, another way to look at that is how many of these... 12-year cycles have already passed, how far I am into the current one, and how many leap years have I seen in the current 12-year cycle? Well, 44 is 3 times 12, which is 36, plus 8 years into the current cycle. And then how many leap years have I had in the current cycle? That's the 8 years divided by 4. And remember, if this year is a leap year, I count that. So the offset for 1944 is going to be 3 from the 3 times 12, plus 8, which is really plus 1, net. So 3 and 1 is 4. And then 8 over 4, that's the number of leap years, but it's actually equal to 2. So I've got 3 plus 1 plus 2, it's minus 1. That's 1 down from, from the anchor date of the century, which is Wednesday. So D-Day is again on Tuesday, and 6 June is one of the, one of the doomsday reference dates for the year. So, very cool. Now, for the 1898 thing, well, instead of having 98 is how many sevens and so on, well, 98 is 8 times 12 plus 2, and I'm two years into this, so I, I haven't hit a leap year. So, my offset is 8 plus 2 plus 0, because I have no leap years, and that's 10, which is 
equivalent to plus three because I don't care about that extra week. So I'm plus three and Friday plus three is Monday and I'm back where I was in 1898. And that means January 17 was a Monday and I believe that's what I said in my original comments. So we have a way to, to figure out what our date of birth was or our wedding anniversary, days of the week, and so on. How would this be useful, let's say, in planning a meeting? You never know. There's always something that needs to be planned a few weeks in advance. So let's say I'm going somewhere September 28th. What day of the week is that this year? As I'm recording, it's 2013. Doomsdays are on Thursday this year. Now in September, 9-5 if you're in the States... 5-9, if you're anywhere else, would fall on a Thursday, which means that the 12th, the 19th, the 26th is Thursday, and the 28th is two days after that. Let's see. I can use my fingers now. I'm down to two days. The 26th is Thursday, 27th is Friday, 28th is Saturday. See, it's handy even within a year. You don't have to do a lot of calculating, especially if you are aware of this to the point where you know the doomsday for this year. You don't have to calculate it again and again. For 2013, Thursday, right? For 2014, it's going to be Friday. 2015, it's going to be Saturday. In 2016, now it's going to jump, and it will be, what? It'll be Monday. Now, maybe I should check that. For the year 2000, anchor date is Tuesday. 2016, okay, 16 is 1 times 12 plus 4. So I got plus one for having gone through an entire 12-year cycle. I've got four years into the current cycle. And it's a leap year, so I count that one too. So one and four and one is six, which is minus one. So doomsday is Monday, which is what I hope I just said. That's really all you need to know to both explain how it works, this doomsday rule, and to use it in practice. Now, if you want to do one of the brute force calculations, that might be okay for a spreadsheet where you have tools that will help you, like the mod function. All of that stuff I was doing by reducing the numbers, by throwing out all the extra weeks, a spreadsheet like Numeric or LibreOffice Calc or the dreaded Excel or, or whatever is going to have a mod function. And what that does is it returns that offset number that I've been seeking all this time, which is the remainder when you divide by 7. It strikes out all of the whole number times that 7 divides the number that you're trying to evaluate and gives you just the remainder. That's how the mod function works. To confirm that offset in a century that does not end in a multiple of 400, I can count the number of days in that century, which would be 36,524. Then if I just plug that number into a formula by saying mod, then the number, 36,524, comma 7, that will give you the remainder from dividing 36,524 by 7. And it should come out to be the number 5. In any case, that's the spreadsheet trick that would let you use ultra-brute-force methods to do this calculation. I think what I will do is have a spreadsheet that will have one sheet that does the, the doomsday rule with the division by 12, the remainder, and the number of leap years in the current cycle, and figures out the offsets and the centuries and even the doomsday numbers. If I do a table look up on the doomsday numbers, then you'll have them and you won't forget them. 
The evens are easy to remember because it's 4, 4, 6, 6, 8, 8, 10, 10, 12, 12. The odds are 3 plus 4 is 7. So 3, 7, 5, 9, 7, 11. And then you can flip, flip those to get 9, 5, and 11, 7. Whether you're living in the U.S. or Europe, those should all be fine. If you're not in the U.S., then you want to remember 7 March. So it would be 7-3 as opposed to 3-7. And then it's the last day of February, whether it's the 28th or the 29th. And in a non-leap year, the January reference date is the 10th. In a leap year, it's the 11th. That pretty much sums that up. So when I give you the spreadsheet and I do a lookup on that first very detailed page, it'll have a lookup table where you can refresh your memory and look at those again. Or you can modify them to use dates that mean more to you. If your Aunt Frida has a birthday in January that happens to be one of the target dates, then maybe you'll remember it better by having Aunt Frida's birthday as opposed to one of the anchor dates that I proposed. Okay, and then I'll do the more brute force approach where I just did the divisions and the Mod 7 calculations within a century and stretching all the way back to the base century, the 1600, for that 298-year calculation. It's all the same calculation, really. It's just that these extra maneuvers are to make it a little bit more convenient for humans who are doing mental math. The creator of this rule, John Conway, has a program on his computer that generates a date, so it gives him a date. He has to calculate the day of the week on which that date falls, and his program only gives him a few seconds. And he can do it in that short a time because he's been practicing it for years, so the doomsday portion of his brain is pretty well developed. But I'll probably rot your brains by giving you the spreadsheet that gives you ways to get at the answer and lets you play with how you do it. So you can actually come up with your own variant. If you look on Wikipedia, the article on doomsday rule, there, and that will be a link in the show notes as well, there's actually a faster way to get at this but it's got a quantity that I'm not sure everyone who is listening to this will remember. But if you want to look that up, program it, use it, I'm sure it's fine. I don't find that it takes me a long time to do this calculation. In fact, the thing that takes me the longest is figuring out the day of the week for a date in the month that's not on the same day as Doomsday. So it's that last one or two or three day, maybe four day offset that it's usually the last couple of steps that throw me off, and not the big multiplications or divisions that are causing any problems. So that's all I have for today. You can practice up and amaze your, your friends with your newfound skills in computing the, the days of the week of any date, and you'll be able to use this for fun and profit. This is an interesting topic. It could be helpful to you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you'll be able to use this for fun and profit. So, until next time, I'll be looking forward to your episode on Hacker Public Radio. Think about putting in a show, okay? Thanks. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All BinRef projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. 
from shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.